warm slices of unagi, then slice it thin, creating little eel and cucumber pinwheels, one of their first signature dishes. I love sushi and sashimi, and I've eaten some great fish in my day. Still, to my mind, one of the great experiences in my food life was getting up at O-Dark 30 and heading over to Skiji Market to watch the fresh and frozen tuna auctions. Participants still dress up in the ancient uniforms, march into the auction room, and barter away for some of the most beautiful fish you've ever seen in your life. I've had the honor of escorting 300-pound fish from the market floor at four in the morning to a dealer's booth. This wholesaler cut up the fish, dispensing pieces to sushi restaurants around the greater Tokyo metro area who had placed orders with him that day. I watched the cutters take six-foot-long samurai swords and divide the fish into panels, separating the chutoro from the otoro and the toro from the guro. He weighed the different cuts of tuna, wrapped it up, and sent it on its way. I've learned more about tuna from spending a few days at Skiji Market than I ever did eating and working in restaurants. I've prowled the market extensively, hopping booth to booth, tasting tuna brought in from different parts of the world. I've had wholesalers lead me by the hand to the carcass of mammoth bluefin and yellowfin tuna, where they'd run a spoon along certain bones or along the spinal cord, collecting scrapings of particularly fatty or noteworthy bites to educate me on what to look for in terms of fat content, flavor, and texture. I've eaten some of the most world-renowned sushi. I've been lucky enough to dine at Nobu Matsuhisa's restaurants many times. I've probably visited eight or nine of them globally, often getting fed by the master himself. I didn't think anything could top having Nobu Matsuhisa himself prepare uni, raw scallop, a selection of toro, and more for me, standing behind the sushi bar at his restaurant one night in Los Angeles. This was the thrill of a lifetime, until I got a chance to eat with him in the kitchen of his Tokyo restaurant a year later. If you've never eaten poached octopus eggs cooked in dashi and mirin, accompanied by some fresh fried frog, I implore you to get on a plane and head to Tokyo immediately. And speaking of frog, not in my wildest dreams did I ever consider eating frog sashimi. They serve it in Japan at a little getamono bar called the Asadachi, which hysterically translates to morning erection. Tokyo's getamono bars are notorious for serving food-forward, psyche-challenging dishes. So if you're jonesing for a grilled lizard, that's where you go. Businessmen flock to these little restaurants to eat for sport, usually as a way to celebrate the closing of an auspicious business deal. Eating frog sashimi involved more audience participation than I'd anticipated. I actually selected my live frog from a basket. The chef then took a penknife and ripped its skin off. He served me paper-thin slices of the frog's flesh with a bit of soy and lemon sauce for dipping, along with a separate bowl for the still-beating frog's heart. On several occasions, I found myself at Jewel Bako Sushi Bar in New York City. One of the great things about frequenting the same sushi bar is building a relationship with the chef. I often turn the ordering over to Yoshi, one of the great sushi chefs in the city, who hand-selects cuts of fish for me, like tiny fillets of melting silver needlefish flown in from Skiji Market. He scores the skin with the sharpest of knives, finishing it with a blowtorch to char the skin. The flesh, still cold, is placed on some of the best vinegared rice I've ever tasted. If you're really up for a challenge, try Yoshi's live lobster sashimi washed down with a hot and comforting bowl of lobster miso soup. I am not, by the way, in the business of animal cruelty, and the debate can rage on for decades about whether or not a lobster has feelings. But there are many cases, oysters, clams to name a few, where lively freshness is imperative when dining, and frankly, in most cases, I am very content being ensconced firmly at the top of the food chain. 
I would also say that many of the more extreme examples of my dining on live animals falls into the experiential category and not into the everyday habit category. That's not supposed to make you feel better if you are against this sort of thing, but it makes me feel better. I've dined several times at Nozawa in Los Angeles. At the turn of the millennium, when Nozawa was the king of raw fish in Los Angeles, a city unrivaled in its passion for sushi, he turned out some of the most incredible food that I've eaten in a sushi bar. Freshly steamed Dungeness and king crab in two separate hand rolls, flesh still warm, plucked from the shell by his wife and his assistant who helped him run the tables. I remember those crab rolls like it was yesterday. Nozawa's reputation for phenomenal food is almost eclipsed by his iron-fisted approach to serving sushi. He's not far off from Seinfeld's infamous soup Nazi when it comes to personality profiles. He plates the food, giving you the portions that he believes you should have. You do not ask for seconds. You do not...